0: And get ready to try winking your anus, contracting and relaxing the pelvic floor muscles around your vagina, and so much more. Because this week, we are talking pelvic floor health with pelvic health specialist, Amy Hillfife. Amy's background is in exercise science. She is board certified in biofeedback for pelvic muscle dysfunction, and she is a board certified women's clinical specialist. That's all to say, she really knows of which she speaks. But most importantly, Amy is incredibly passionate. I really wish this one was on video because Amy has all sorts of models and diagrams and literally baskets filled with magic wands and vaginal weights and other tools of her trade that she uses to explain exactly what is happening down there when things aren't going right and how to make them better. And here's the thing. Man, we talk so much about so many of our muscles, right? We talk about our abs and our glutes and our hamstrings. We talk endlessly about our core, but the seat of so much of what is important to our health and our wellness and our performance is right there in our pelvic floor, which are also muscles. And about those, our lips are zipped. People don't talk about that and they should, which is why for the next hour, boy, we will. Our quality of life is very much impacted by this very important part of our anatomy. So this is a discussion I think every single one of us can benefit from. We cover a lot of ground here. So I just want to give you a heads up that Amy also has a free guidebook where she talks you through all the material we cover here. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Before we get to it, My quick weekly reminder to come join us on our social media channels. We are at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. We have that private, ever-growing Hit Play Not Pause Facebook channel where you can come in and join all sorts of discussions on anything that's on your mind. And if you want a deep dive into all things active menopausal living, we have the Feisty Menopause membership where we offer in-depth materials, expert webinars, and sponsor discounts. You can learn all about that at feistymenopause.com. If you want to reach me, have story ideas, feedback, you can email me. I'm at not pause, at livefeisty.com. And thank you, as always, for all your kind messages, the hearts, the five-star ratings, and the great reviews. It keeps this show growing, and it keeps on growing, and it means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a quick word about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. I have a pronouncement to make i am wiggling my toes why am i making this seemingly ridiculous pronouncement because it's been a long time since i could specifically my right big toe see i have a bone spur at the base of that right toe that is so big my podiatrist said it looks like a party hat and it has caused anything but a party in my foot it has caused a lot of inflammation and stiffness and there are times when it's been barely functional I work through it. I have taken some anti-inflammatory supplements over the years that have made it mostly livable. Now, thanks to our new show sponsor, Provenex, it's way more than livable, it's functional. It doesn't wake me up throbbing at night and I can actually wiggle the toe and lift it off the ground. My left hand that used to ache from where I broke it in a mountain bike crash 10 years ago, that doesn't ache anymore either. If I hadn't experienced this myself, I frankly wouldn't have believed it and i was super skeptical when Prevenex approached me with their joint health product but i stopped my other supplements started this one and within two weeks the difference was remarkable i honestly did not expect that so i did a little research and the main ingredients check out first one is eggshell membrane which contains collagen glucosamine conjointin and hyaluronic acid all of which have shown significant benefits in early research. And the other ingredient, Boswellia serrata extract, was found to even be more effective than glucosamine in some studies, according to examine.com. Prevenix has an array of other supplements, including Omega Pure Plus, which is an omega-3 fatty acid supplement, which is sourced from wild omega-rich fish and is totally free of heavy metals and mercury that can build up in your body. That's a big deal. They also have a vegan protein powder, which I know a lot of our listeners are keen to find. And that product, Nourify Plus, is low in sugar, high in branched chain amino acids, and contains probiotics and digestive enzymes that are super easy on the belly, which I really appreciate. So thanks to their sponsorship of this show, listeners can get 15% off their first time purchase by using the code HITPLAY at checkout. Again, you can go to Previnex.com, that's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X, and use the code PLAY at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. And if you don't like it, the company offers a 100% money-back guarantee on all of their products within 30 days, no question asked. That's how much they stand by their products, and I can tell you, with good reason, they work. Check it out. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code HITPLAY at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Like many of you, I try to eat well, train well, take the supplements I need, and track my recovery, sleep, and progress. So imagine my surprise when I found out I had elevated blood sugar, high cortisol, out of whack lipids, and was borderline anemic. Yeah. All while I was racing well and feeling actually pretty great. Turns out all of my training stress was taking a hidden toll. How did I find out? Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a service that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. And their blood tests also include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part? They don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. And I've taken those actions myself and have been improving those markers and ultimately my health. So for a limited time, my friends at Inside Tracker are offering my listeners 25% off their entire store. So go to insidetracker.com slash feisty menopause to take advantage of that offer. Again, it's insidetracker.com slash feisty menopause. I can tell you, it works. okay well Amy, I'm so glad that we finally got uh, to talk we've been we've been conversing offline for a while about this topic and you know as we were just saying before I hit record, I feel like pelvic floor health is finally sort of making its way into our consciousness you know more but it's become really clear to me that there are symptoms that that revolve around pelvic floor health that women still don't connect and maybe even myself don't connect to pelvic floor health. So I, you know, I really want to drill down on some of that here. And, you know, the, the things that we have talked about, I'm like, okay, like that's, that's all pelvic floor health. So, you know, is there, is there a number one thing that you can say that women struggle with when they have pelvic floor issues or are there many or both? I don't know. Let's just start there.
1: Well, Celine, thank you so much um, for having me. This is awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you and spread the, this pelvic health word. Um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. I think the most common thing that people or women talk about is actually leaking pee, right? right. The sneeze pee, peeing when they laugh, cough, sneeze. It's usually the, the sneezing. Um, and so that's really common because there's like 25 to 35 million Americans who leak urine, and that's not even worldwide. And usually uh, 80% of those are women. So that's like the most common thing. And um, as you and I were talking about, I've been doing this for 22 years. And so I've watched, I've watched pelvic health um, evolve over these years. And it's becoming, you know, I don't know if I want to say a buzzword and, and luckily so it is becoming a buzzword for women. No, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we, we have come a long way and we, um, have, a long way to go. So, yeah, leaking urine is is the number one thing. And what I wanted to get across with you and your listeners um, is that being a female athlete, also, there's a lot more things that go into this. Um, hmm. I consider having babies an <laughs> athletic event as well. That's
0: real fair. I've never heard that called that, but you you are correct, right? <laughs> That's actually a very good point. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Because you know, and people don't like to talk about this, but there are. I mean, you're preparing for 10 months, what have you, and not, not everyone who has pelvic floor dysfunction or pelvic floor issues has had a baby. So I will also want to make that clear. Cause some women are like, well, what's wrong with me? I never had a baby. And we can talk about that as we go along. but if we, you know, the majority of women who've had children may have an injury because think about that. What other event besides maybe like a, oh gosh, help me out here, an iron man event where you're You may be doing something for 24 hours, 12 hours, labor, um, you know, building up to it. And then you may be inactive active pushing for two hours, one hour, maybe it's too fast. We can go through those things. So, so the injuries that can occur with, with labor and delivery are that if you're pushing and the baby comes within, let's say 45 minutes, everything, your muscles, your pelvic floor muscles don't have time to really stretch and get prepared. And the baby just sort of explodes out. We can get tears. Um, you know, um, perineal tears, which is what happens if you, let's see, if you tear down there between your vagina and your anus, I'll just start using all the words. um, And they don't cut you and give you a um, episiotomy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so a fast delivery can cause problems. And then a slower delivery where you're pushing, pushing, pushing the baby's head is in that pelvis. Your pelvic floor muscles are being, you know, pushed on. They might be compressed. They're not going blood flow. You have nerves down there and nerves do not like to be stretched. So the, the nerve that we talked about down there one, and don't let me forget this slim, because there's more that I want to talk about with athletes that come from your back, basically your bra line. So let's not forget that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, the pudendal nerve can get stretched and it doesn't like to stretch. The nerves are like dental floss. They, they glide, but they don't stretch. So if you think about a piece of dental floss, and so we can get nerve injuries that way. Um, and then of course, if you have a, a, a cut and episiotomy, then, you know, they can damage nerves. Let's think about this. Everyone listening, think about your bicep muscle. Okay. If you're an athlete, and someone cuts your bicep across. I know your listeners can't see me, but Celine can see me. You cut your bicep muscle across the muscle and then we stitch it up. You go to the doctor, they stitch it up. Right. And, um, everyone would say, Oh my gosh, look what happened to you. Like you're going to cut your arm off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, maybe you need to get rehab. Maybe you need to make sure it doesn't get infected. um, What if it gets weak? What if you have scar tissue? How are you going to get back to, let's say rock climbing where you need that bicep to pull? Well, anything really, um, swimming, mountain biking. Um, and so we don't do that with women, right? You get an episiotomy or you tear during delivery and they suture you back up and that's it. But can you see how that can lead to pelvic muscle weakness, pelvic muscle, scar tissue tightening, and we'll go over, you know, some of the problems that occurred just because of that. So, so that's, that's labor and delivery now being an athlete. And this is where I think you and I, um, we really started talking about it is we have a hip muscle that attaches into the pelvic floor. So let me talk about that in a minute. For most of your listeners, everyone thinks the pelvic floor or no, if you don't even know what it is, you don't know what it is, right? You hear about it. You hear about kegels, but there are about, depending on who you talk to, 24 pelvic floor muscles. Okay. So you have about 12 muscles on each side.
0: Just going to ask that. Where yes. are they?
1: Yeah. Okay. So 12 muscles on each side and they're in three different layers. Okay. So that's the key. All right. And I'm going to, we're going to find our pelvic floor muscles here in a second. Okay. <laughs> so get that ready kind of a everybody. Show, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so the other thing that that is interesting about that is that the deepest layer of pelvic floor muscles attach into a hip muscle called the obturator internus. I don't know if people want to remember that. Um, and so if you're having hip problems as an athlete, whether you are running, biking, you're a triathlete, you're a mountain biker, um, swimmers don't have as much, you know, a weightlifter, crossfitter. I've also seen this. Yep. Are they also called groin muscles? Not this muscle. No, this muscle is not your groin muscle, this muscle. And I have my model. I'm going to, I'm going to show Celine, but the thing is what I want everyone to do right now, take your hands and make like a cup palms up pinkies together and the pinky side of your hand. Yep. So you're making like a bowl. So those would be your pelvic floor muscles. Now what I want you to do, keep your hands like that. And then I want you to tilt them sideways, like 45 degrees. There you go. Yep. So 45 degrees. You still have one hand on the bottom. That's your pelvic floor muscles, let's say on your right side. And then the hand that's on the side is the deep hip muscle and it's inside your pelvic, your pelvic bones. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. But it comes out and attaches to your leg bone, your femur. Yep. And if we have any hip problems, um, I'm going to tell a quick story. I sent 15 women to the sports medicine um, physician that I worked closely with. He was awesome in one year because they had pelvic problems. They were peeing their pants. They, or they couldn't pee. They were having pain with sex. They were having constipation. We'll go over all those things. And I evaluated them. And in fact, what was going on is this hip injury, a hip labral tear. And so I sent them back to the physician. He uh, did MRIs on them. And then we got them set up for either rehab or if they were going to go in for hip labral repair surgery with a surgeon. Um, And then we still did some rehab with their pelvic floor muscles afterwards because everything had been locked down trying to protect that hip. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one thing that you and I talked about with my story is that I broke my ankle mountain biking and I broke it in three places, had two surgeries on it, hardware, you know, a plate and nine screws, then had to have that removed Um, I still have knee pain from it. And because your whole legs connected, it affects my hip and my hip muscle and sometimes my pelvic floor. So that's where we get into this athletic part of other things that can be going on with you. And, and then we can get into, you can have low back problems. You can also have mid back problems. So I hope I'm not talking too fast. Am I, are you following me? No, I'm following you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm sort of moving up the chain, right? Um, we have three nerves that come out of our back right around your bra line. Okay. They're more, they're deeper. Uh, some are deeper inside that create nerves that go to your intestines. They go to your uterus, they go to your ovaries, your vagina. Um, right. So that's internally. And then you have three other muscles that come around and sort of, they go through, they wrap around your sides into the front of your, um, Abdominal muscles and they go to your clitoris.
0: Those are your nerves. You said muscles. You mean the nerves that oh, wrap around. Yeah. Right. The
1: nerves wrap around. Okay. They run yeah. like inside your muscles, though. Yeah. 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 In. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. So you have um, nerves that go to your clitoris. They go to, um, you know, your vulva area and sort of that groin area. And so we can have, you could have an injury or a compression fracture if you're, you know, someone that has has had a fall and you land on your tailbone and that, but it causes problems further up or at your tailbone, then we can get issues there. And so I really think about if we take a woman who is, um, a triathlete, the position that you're on your bike, right. You know how hunched forward that is. So right there at your bra line, you may be getting a little bit of issues, compression in the front of the spine, sort of on your stomach side, Um, just that repetitive hip motion is going, going, going. And then you've got that pressure from the seat, the bike seat, which is going to affect the pudendal nerve that comes under your sits bones where you sit. Can everyone feel their sits bones sort of where you're sitting right now? That's a pudendal nerve and it comes up and underneath. So people don't think of that as pelvic floor dysfunction though, right? Or that that can affect your pelvic floor because Here I am. I'm a triathlete. Let's say I've never, I've never had kids. Um, what's going on with me. And it can be all those things. Does that make sense? The position on the bike, the hip repetition, possibly a labral tear, the pressure on the pelvic floor muscles from underneath and on the pudendal nerve, which is the nerve running underneath.
0: Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. So what I'm hearing is that at this point, I'm a I'm a woman in my in the menopausal transition, active, athletic, however you want to define yourself, but on the move, there are a host of things that are, that are affecting and perhaps causing dysfunction in the pelvic floor, not limited to whether or not she's had babies, uh, if she has any kind of chronic injury or has had an accident that has resulted in an injury. Um, and let's, we have not yet talked about hormones.
1: Right. I, I love it. Oh, I love it. Right. So, right. You're, in, and, and you're in menopausal transition and now people will say, let's say, okay, I'm also having, and we're not going to, we're not going to talk about this too much, but pain with sex um, and leakage. Cause those two are very common. We go to the physician, nurse practitioner, PA, we get some vaginal estrogen. Um, and that works. We don't have as much dryness. Maybe we don't feel like there's sandpaper or I live in Colorado. So, so people that I work with women are like, it feels like barbed wire in there. Now (laughs) I'm guessing not everyone knows what barbed wire is, but that's what people say here. Women say here. Um, so that's one aspect that yes, we need to have that vaginal tissue replenished with estrogen. Um, and that's going to feel better, but we may still be having sex and, and wondering or leaking and, and wondering what, what's going on? Why don't I feel better? My pelvic floor, they gave me hormones. And it should all be fixed. And I think that's like what you said, we don't understand all the ramifications of what the pelvic floor muscles, nerves, and everything around it, um, how they affect the pelvic floor and our function in daily
0: life. Yeah. So we know all these, these factors can have an impact on pelvic floor muscles the surrounding muscles that interact with the pelvic floor and also the nerves that innervate those things right like all of that so where do we start like what you know for for the most basic you know all we have ever heard for how many years is do kegels but then it's just like you know i I had another woman on the show who, who addressed this you know very early on like well You can do too many kegels and maybe it's not the kegels, you know, maybe it's not the pelvic floor that's actually quote unquote weak, but like other muscles that are weak that are putting too much pressure on the pelvic floor. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like where, where does somebody start and where do kegels fit or not into this picture?
1: Great. Okay. So I want, I want you all to envision, um, two women. All right. We're going to call one woman, um, lockdown Donna. So we're going to call her Donna. And then we're going to have leaky Leslie and let's go ahead and start with lockdown Donna, because leaky Leslie is going to be someone who yes, we may do more pelvic floor um, kegels with. Sorry. Okay. So first I want you to clench your jaw really, really tight. Okay. And then I want you to try and say whatever your name or I love kegels, whatever.
0: Okay. I I can't. I can't can't say I without opening my jaw. (laughs) I lost giggles. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, And then also you can do that and think about like, how would I eat a Mm -hmm. veggie burger, a hamburger, whatever. Right. You, you really wouldn't, right. It would be very, very difficult. So what happens in our body with lockdown Donna is Let's say Donna has, she's in menopause. She started to have some dryness and some pain with sex. Hasn't quite figured out what's going on there. And then she has this hip thing that, that she gets into weird positions either when she is, I'll just keep going with the biking. When she's biking, it pinches in the groin, um, or when she's having sex, she gets into her legs are up. Maybe she's on her back and then it's pinching in her groin. That's hurting. Um, she did have a couple babies and you know, yep. She had an episiotomy etc. So what happens in our bodies is your body wants to protect itself, right? So all your pelvic floor muscles start tightening up. And so you can think about being, I call it um, either TMJ down there or going on lockdown down there. So it's where everything's clenching. And just, you know, if you're someone who clenches your jaw and doesn't even realize you're doing it, grinds your teeth at night, shrugs your shoulders up and then realizes, oh my gosh, I need to let those muscles go and relax. The same thing happens down your pelvic floor muscles and it becomes a habit. Your brain starts thinking this is the new normal and you don't really even know how to let those muscles go. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. So if we tell someone to do more kegels, she's just going to go on lockdown, lockdown more. And what mm-hmm. happens with that is when we are, we are holding those pelvic floor muscles tight. Let's, let's stop here. Let's try and find our pelvic floor muscles. Okay. Okay, you can be sitting, you can be standing, but you know, m- many people are gonna be sitting. So what I want you to do first is focus on your anus. Yep. And I want you to try to lift your anus up and in, like you're oh, trying not like, um, to pass gas, yes, you're okay. holding back. Okay, and then okay. let go.
0: Yep.
1: Okay. Now I want you to try and do a quick flick like that, which is like a wink of your anus. So
0: do a quick <laughs> flick and let go. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, everybody has to try this, it's listening. All right. So you can do a quick flick. So try it again. Quick flick of your anus. I'm having like a that. hard
0: time. That seems to be getting tired, and other muscles are, are chiming in. Yeah. Does
1: What's that make sense? In?
0: Yeah. My, my vagina in? is uh, the is chiming in there. Like the muscles. Everything is now going. Okay. okay. Close. close. <laughs> yeah. Kegel. <laughs> everybody <gangle>. kegel. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Everybody.
1: <laughs> okay. So now, now do do that again. Now for and wiggle your front.
0: ears. No, sorry. <laughs>
1: Who oh, no. know. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> so so yeah, what am I trying gonna to a,
1: We're going to be a circus act pretty soon. Right. Okay. Okay, now 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 go ahead and do what you were doing though. Now try and close or focus more on closing around the vagina and your urethra more in the front. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing about all those. There's three different layers and the muscles, they tend to all work together. And mm-hmm. so when you say, oh, they're all chiming in, that's perfectly fine. A mm-hmm. lot of people feel the biggest muscles and lifting the anus most. That's why mm-hmm. I start there, but not, gotcha. not necessarily everyone. And, and the other thing, is some people can do a quick flick and some people can't. Now let's try an endurance contraction. Okay. So you can, So this are you is a sprinter or an
0: endurance athlete? <laughs> right.
1: That's right. Come on. Right. Okay. So lift your anus, close around your vagina, close around your urethra. And can you hold two, three, four, five, and then let go. Okay. Okay. Now, if anybody did this and you grew two inches off your seat, you're squeezing your glute muscles. <laughs> <laughs> no one should know what you're doing.
0: Right. That makes sense.
1: Okay. So let's try that endurance one again. So you're going to think about leaving the glutes relaxed, lift the anus, close around the vagina, close around the urethra and hold two, three, four, five, and then completely let go. Okay. Okay. So we know, so if you're having trouble finding your kegel, or your pelvic floor muscles. That's a big deal because if your muscle is so clenched up, like you make, everyone can make a bicep curl. If they
0: were too tight, would they, what would you feel?
1: You almost don't feel like anything happens.
0: Okay. Okay. So Celine,
1: do this for me. Um, Bend your arm and take your, your fist all the way to your shoulder. Okay. So a bicep curl, right? Yep. And now try and tighten that muscle, tighten it more. Okay. What do you feel?
0: Uh, at some point I can't tighten it anymore, right? Like right. at some point it's just what it is. Yeah. Right.
1: So now go ahead and relax that that arm mm-hmm. and then pull it tight again. You feel that whole motion, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: So if you're if you're locked down, Donna and you've had all these injuries and you've gone into that protective tightening mode, perhaps you're someone who has been taught that. As a woman, they need to suck their belly in all day long. That's another Mm -hmm, thing that mm -hmm, makes the pelvic mm -hmm. floor muscles tighten and you've Mm -hmm. done it for 10 years or Mm -hmm. 30, um, you get into that habit of, of, tightening. And when we hold the pelvic floor muscles tight, it tells the bladder, Hey, you don't need to pee. It's not time. It tells the bowel, Hey, You don't need to poop. It's not time. So you get constipation Mm. with the bladder. You may not be able to empty your bladder very well. You know, you try and go in and sit down on the toilet and think, bam, I'm relaxed. But those pelvic floor muscles still are kinking your garden hose Mm -hmm, or, you know, mm -hmm. pinching your straw and also (laughs) sending a signal to your bladder that says, Hey, it's not time to go. And so then what do you do? You sit on the toilet and you push and you push and you try and hurry. And you try and do Olympic speed pee. Cause you know, you only have two seconds to pee cause you've got 12 million things to do. And then we're starting to create more in coordination and pelvic muscle dysfunction.
0: Is that right? why you might not completely empty your bladder? Yep. Like some people like turn right back around and like, I still have to. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's, that can be definitely one. That's exactly one problem. Um, So do you see how it starts to really, it starts to affect everything. Um, And I want to, I want to point out something too, you know, you could be someone who is prone to UTIs or bladder infections, urinary tract infections. And let's say, you know, I hear some swimmers, some people, bikers that are just prone to that. You could have one UTI and you can get into this cycle of dysfunction because you're into that. Oh, it hurts. And I'm, I'm peeing razor blades and blood and, and I'm tight. Right. And then we don't, we don't get taught how to relax those pelvic muscles. So lockdown Donna, we don't want to be teaching her how to do more kegels.
0: Right. right?
1: We want, sense. we want her to get, um, connected to her pelvic floor, maybe connected back into her body and learn how to relax those pelvic floor muscles, just like we would relax the jaw muscles. Does that make sense? Are there
0: exercises that are similar to kegels, but the other way around that you that women would do for
1: that? I call those unkegling. So okay. it's, it's just, <laughs> it's just like your bicep, you know, we don't, we do a bicep curl. Do we have a name? I mean, we call it eccentric loading, right? When right. we Mm -hmm. elongate the muscle, but we don't really have a name for unbicep curling. We just call it relaxing the muscle. Right. So that's what you have to learn with the pelvic floor muscles. And I know you asked me this a while, uh, earlier on when we were emailing, Um, how do we do that? Yeah. That's
0: my main question is like, do I put a J the egg up there? No, that doesn't seem to be the right. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no eggs.
1: (laughs) And let's talk about this lockdown. Donna often has um, pain with sex. Also, we're going to touch on that. And again, everyone listening, I want you to take your hand and I want you to make a fist and I want you to look at your fingernails. And so, number one, it's going to be very hard to get anything inside your vagina if you're real tight and you and you your body really doesn't know how to relax. But then you don't get any blood flow to the muscles and the clitoris, so you tend to have sex or pain with sex. Um, you're usually a little bit drier cause you don't get lubricated as well. If your clitoris is not full of blood because we get erections as well, right? You're going to have a harder time having, um, an orgasm as well. And then one of the pelvic muscles is really, um, responsible for going into rhythmic contraction. When we have an orgasm, it's the pleasurable part of an orgasm, part of an orgasm. And if you're already on lockdown, just like you did with your bicep, you can't contract anymore. It's that's just where you are. Okay. So techniques we use getting connected to your body, learning what it feels like to let go of those muscles. And then where a pelvic physical therapist can come in is, um, teaching you how to do your own massage, either just sort of at the opening you can do, um, Oh, we used to call them trigger points, but we're not calling that anymore in muscles. So like tender spots, like if you, you know, you rub your shoulder and you have that tender spot,
0: like a Theracane.
1: Like a Theracane. Yes. Do they have Same them thing for, happens.
0: for my vagina.
1: <laughs> Which, yeah, there is. I mean, <laughs> we have, yes, we have wands that oh, people, okay. yeah, that, that are made specifically for this. Um, and you, I, like what I like to do is I empower all my, any woman who works with me to teach her how to do her own trigger point releases if she's comfortable. Not everyone wants to go in there. And so you can, you know, you can go to a pelvic floor, physical therapist. Um, and I, then I also teach women how to use the dilators. Oh, sorry. Dilators and wands. And you know what? I didn't grab my wand. I'm going to show you those, Celine, but.
0: I would love to see the wand. <laughs> I would love to see
1: the wand. Let me go grab it. I would, can we, cause we can pause and.
0: Yeah, we can pause right now. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because these are the dilators. Dilators tend to be just straight, you guys. And they're flexible. Okay. This, these Can I just flux- say
0: they look like large butt plugs? Is that a bad thing to say? Yes. <laughs> because no. that's what they look like.
1: If people know what a like, an adult yeah. show,
0: folks. Okay.
1: Yeah. And they come yeah. in different sizes. And yes. these are like the middle range. Okay. So, so what I really want to say is, is most of what we work with now, like remember, I've been doing this for 22 years and people even before me is a lot of this stuff was, was exactly that. They were probably started out as sex toys.
0: Right. right? They definitely look like sex toys. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, they do. Um, and we have different sizes and because sometimes we need to use them rectally too, uh, cause the pelvic floor muscles go around your anus, your vagina and your urethra. So, um, so a lot of these started out as sex toys. Okay. So this is what <gasps> oh, a wand wow. looks like. So, um, um... You guys, for those of you who can't see it, you can look up pelvic wand. I think you can even look it up on Amazon if you want. That's the safest place to do it. We have people <laughs> where we order from. But at one end, it, this it sort of looks like a- It's, kind, it's long, a curvy
0: thing. It's like a, it's yeah. sort of like a, it's like not a like an S curve. S. Yeah, like a stretched out S curve, if you can imagine yeah. that, yeah.
1: Yeah, or a windy road or something. Well, so on yeah, one end, yeah. it's, a, it's a little pointier and on the other end, it's a little more round this one is wider. Um, I don't even know how wide this is. What do you think? Like maybe a half inch. And then this one's for the vagina. So there's vaginal ones. And then we have one that is, um, that are more for rectal. So when, if, if I'm looking working with men, Mm -hmm. I can also use, um, rectal tools. Right. Okay. Okay. So we have lots and lots of tools that we can use that women can learn by themselves. And you really need Mm -hmm. to be taught how to do that. Totally.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and the wands, the wands are more for those pelvic muscles, like, like taking a Theracane and massaging your upper trapezius because you can't get back there to reach it. It's the same thing with those pelvic floors that are internal and in a bowl, you have to have a curvy wand to get in there and maybe work on the side pelvic muscles. And I know your, your viewers can't see this, but Think of a bowl because um, we want to go in and then you have to like get on the side of the bowl to massage the pelvic floor muscles. And then even that hip muscle I was talking about, the obturator internus. Okay.
0: She basically has her finger up <laughs> inside this pelvic uh, skeletal model and is massaging the, the all those muscles that she was talking about that line your, your pelvic muscles, your hips. And it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah.
1: Let's see. Um, one way you can do it is if you guys take one hand and make a U-shape in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you sort of take your finger on the outside of your hand as if you're pointing it back towards you mm-hmm. and then then massage inside that oh. U-shape. Do you see? So My that's... hands
0: have tight spots too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I need that wand for my hand. <laughs> that's right. Right. Okay. I lo- oh gosh, Lena, I love this. Well, yeah, because the muscles are the same muscles. Yeah. If we can get over the stigma and the taboo that oh my gosh are my pelvic floor muscles, well they're made out of the same muscles what's what's in your hand and what's in your upper trapezius. And so just think that they just react the same to injuries, to weakness, to to what have you? Trauma, stress. So if you have that, you can understand like, oh my gosh, I am that triathlete. Or I'm that endurance athlete. I'm a little bit type A. I, I go, go, go. I Olympic speed P I'm just sort of always on lockdown and Oh yeah, now I'm 50 and I, my hormones, estrogen in my vagina, mm-hmm. testosterone in my muscles, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, they're all starting to change. And so I, I do run around a little bit tense <laughs> or a lot bit tense.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that was amazing. Do we is there anything else with lockdown Donna before we we move over to Leaky Leslie?
1: Um I I think some of some one of the biggest things is it's not just about your pelvic floor. It's not just about kegels again. There are breathing techniques that we want to learn to, you know, um, kick in your vagus nerve if we want to talk about that, but relaxing and sort of getting this one part of your your body, your nervous system called the parasympathetic nervous system to kick in, right? Because that helps you poop and pee and rest and recover. We want that part of your body. And so I use a lot of those techniques to get the pelvic floor muscles to.
0: Right. And we've talked about those on the show a lot that like mindfulness, deep breathing, breathing comes up all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and also I won't go into this too much, but if, if pelvic floor muscles and your diaphragm also work together and they yes. sort of create this pump.
0: Yep. We talked about that with Chloe Murdoch yeah. early on in the show. Yeah.
1: Yes. So when we learn to breathe, we're not sort of holding up here tense. We can let go.
0: She has her athletes, um, do deep breathing in child's pose. Particularly. She finds that helpful to get them to like really engage all of that.
1: That's perfect. Yeah. There's a number of things we can do. Um, it's going to lead me a little more into lockdown, Donna, especially if, if a woman has also had any type of sexual trauma in the past. So child pose is a nice protective position and probably really comfortable. There's another position where you can be on your back with your knees up, like, um, like sort of happy baby. Hmm. Happy baby. Yes. Happy baby though. could be triggering. Right.
0: Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: But that is something like maybe we would start in child pose with the breathing and then work towards being able to be a happy baby with the breathing, keeping everything calm, pelvic muscles relaxed, you know, letting go to move into having um, sex that isn't painful.
0: Excellent. Excellent. That was that was fabulous. So now let's talk to about our next woman
1: leaky leslie leaky leslie is usually like everything that you not everything a lot of things that you hear and you read and you see people going oh my gosh we're gonna do kegels i'm gonna get you so strong okay this is this is where leaky leslie comes in um and maybe she had an injury that actually created her muscles so they don't contract the way they're supposed to and it's more of a weakness right um want to point out that there can be a number of factors in this too it can just be pelvic floor muscles. It can also be menopause and the changes in the hormones and the the tissue collagen. So things start to get a little droopy. Maybe you're you're starting to get a little prolapse, your bladder's coming down a little bit, right? Um some women have a collagen structure where they are looser anyway. And so they may be more prone to having um organs droop down. Uh, when when menopause starts kicking in. Remember how I said testosterone, we have testosterone in, in, in skeletal muscles and we start losing that muscle mass, right? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: The pelvic floor muscles are no different. They're the same types of muscles and same type of muscle fiber. And so you you can start getting weakness. And so we're really, you know, like we're, we're wanting to lift heavy stuff. As we get into menopause, we're doing more of that type of stuff. This is why we also can be doing pelvic floor work. And this is when we say, okay, let's do some kegels. Let's learn how to um, use the, the pelvic floor muscles with the transverse abdominus, which I think you talked with Chloe about as well. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, the deep muscles of the spine called the multifidi. Right. And then the diaphragm, we want to get that whole group together. And then we can also kick in the glutes. We can kick in, um, Oh, more of the abdominals. We can start doing this whole global pelvic brace with squats, with lunges. If you're lifting heavy stuff, heavy shit, um, you can do it putting dishes in and out of the dishwasher. You can do it with laundry. You can do it with things around the house, lifting a 50 pound, uh, you know, bag of dog food. So then we can create it and it becomes more functional part of your day. And if that works for you, great. So let's say, yeah, I learned how to do it. Like we just did with your Kegel. You learned how to do an endurance contraction and a quick and a quick flick. And then you go and you go and you're going to work out at the gym or lift weights and you can incorporate it in. Fantastic. What happens if, um, you know, part of the problem though, is that you had a back injury and the nerves aren't working quite right. So you're going to rehab them great. Maybe we need to add in some jade eggs. You mentioned a jade egg. That's not, that, that's not my favorite just because I am a PT and, um, you know, I look more towards the, um, the actual vaginal weights that I like them. They have a string because if you don't have a string on some of these things, they can get lost. I mean, that lost. well, yeah, they can
0: they can be up there for a bit before they yeah. can, they find their way back.
1: Yeah. And some people have to go and have them, have them removed by like a physician. So we, I prefer having that. a string on your weights, ladies.
0: It's like an episode of Jackass. I don't know how it got up there, but right. I <laughs> right. anyway. Okay. Okay. So I have
1: to, I have to address this because every, when I work with women, they're like, well, what does it look like? Like, what am I sticking up there? I'm like, oh, it looks like weight? a little barbell but I'm just a
0: really no, oh. no.
1: <laughs> I totally fell for it <laughs> sorry no it just it, it just looks like a little teardrop you oh, know okay. sort of think about and some of them come in like oh well hold on let me get it for you See, stuff around? so what the vaginal weights are they're basically just oops, these weighted these are a certain type. They can look different. These don't have streaks. Oh gosh. So I'm dropping them. Oh, yeah, I hear the sorry.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So um, these look... they look like deflated, partially deflated balloons, folks, is what they look like, especially since they're fun colors. Yes. But they look like um yeah. So what what are the weights on those?
1: So um how do they do these? These they they do in grams. They do like 30 grams, 45 grams, 60 grams, 85 grams, 115 grams. And for people who are listening, like the lightest one is white. And then it goes to like a very light pink. It goes to sort of a hot pink. And then the ones that I dropped, luckily I missed my feet, um, are like a light purple and then a dark purple. And each one's weighted a little different. These are nice and soft. There's other ones that actually, they're that sort of that, sort of like an egg shape, but the bottom unscrews. And then you can add in, you screw on a different weight at the bottom. And then it still has like the string or like this little tail.
0: And how long do you hold that for? I mean, what's the goal there?
1: Depends on the person. This is why, this is why we can't just say, stick something up there, stick a jade up there, jade egg, and do this. Because some women would insert these in standing, And the weight would actually just fall out of their vagina. They couldn't hold it in. So then we can start laying on your back, sort of um, having them just try and hold it in, having them tighten pelvic floor muscles, doing a kegel and pulling on the string to see if they can hold it in.
0: Right, 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 right. Gotcha. But
1: you wouldn't be standing. So I usually go lying down. Then people um, start working to sitting and doing a kegel with them sitting. And then you can go to standing, doing kegels standing, holding it in while you're, I don't know, brushing your teeth and blow drying your hair. And we start making it more functional.
0: And then is this the kind of, do you have to, I guess in all of this, is it like me, you know, going to the gym? Is it something that I need to do forever daily or three times a week? Or, you know, what does that look like once you, once we sort of get where we want to be?
1: Once you get where you want to be, I I incorporate this into your daily life. That's why I okay. said, you know, if you're doing kegels when you're lifting weights, that yeah, if if we want to keep those muscles strong, it's sort of just like going to the gym and lifting. If you're lifting two or three times a week, let's make that part of what you're doing. So so you can do it while you're at the gym. And you may not necessarily have to be using the weights all the time. Right, it, right.
0: I don't have to insert that and then go do right. my deadlifts. Okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> what just popped out nothing don't worry don't worry <laughs> it's, uh, i'll get that
1: <laughs> i i dare to say it's like a 50 shades of gray episode at the gym, right? like whoa <laughs> your office
0: is lots of things going on
1: yeah uh yeah No, but you would be able to incorporate that those pelvic floor muscles gently while you're doing right. a deadlift
0: yeah right right, right. awesome yes. um so the, so all the i mean you know, we started talking about all the symptoms and, and I feel like all the benefits of this go far beyond, like, I'm not peeing when I, when I jump rope, right? Like it's, it's Absolutely. continence yeah. of all sorts and right. sexual, better sexual health of, of all sorts. Yes.
1: Yeah. What, what we really get into is what happens with your pelvic floor muscles. Is it, is it affects your um, bladder function? So either, you know, it helps you so you don't leak pee, um, or it helps you so you can empty your bladder, um, can help with urge, urge incontinence where you have a sudden urge. You know, we can break that, uh, reflex actually with the pelvic floor muscles.
0: I'm working on that. That is definitely one when I get off my bike. And I think it's because I'm so used to like for a decade, I held it for like, oh my God, like 70 miles. Right. You know? And then like, as soon as I got off my bike, it was time to pee. And no. now it's just like in my brain, the moment I lift the leg off, I'm like, I better, I, I better go now. I'm yeah, so I'm, the door. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, so there's an urge control technique where you can, your pelvic floor muscles along with retraining your brain, um, you can do that. You can retrain to be able to control that. However, if you're, if you're riding 70 miles and you're drinking a ton of water and maybe not sweating it all out, your bladder is going to be full. You the the average
0: bio bladder... oh, well, there's that too, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> but I so mean I... but now even when I'm I'm only going out for like an hour and I get back. I mean it's you know I okay. I still have that same it's just a triggered sensation, I think that
1: oh my gosh. Ceciline, I could go let me finish this part and let's wrap back up. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, Be- go ahead. Because this stuff really starts for us when we're it can start for us when we're really little. So we'll go back to that. But yeah, so bowel, or bladder function, bowel function, same thing. If you're holding too tense, a lot of times that can cause constipation. Um, if it's too loose, some women will then have, um, you know, bowel incontinence, will leak poop. And that's, that's a problem where they'll have urges, same type of thing, where they can't control um, their leakage. Sexual function, um, being able to enjoy sex, right? So it's not painful for your muscles. The vaginal tissue hormones are healthy. Your clitoris can fill with blood um, and have an erection. Your pelvic muscles can have a rhythmic contraction to have an orgasm. And then of course the core stability that goes into pelvic floor, um, abdominal muscles, back muscles, hip muscles, diaphragm, when you're out doing the athletic stuff and then just your daily activities.
0: So so we didn't talk about the core muscles quite as much. And I want to make sure we touch on that because we we were talking about the core as part of that whole you know, canister with the pelvic floor. So are there, you know, when we think about core muscles, we think a lot about planks, you know, we think about those kind of moves. Are there any specifically that you like that, you know, incorporate to incorporate that are good for the transverse abdominis and the spinal muscles and, you know, all those other supporting muscles that you talked about, especially Mm -hmm. in that last segment.
1: Well, the way I do this when working with women is, first of all, we just need to make sure that your pelvic floor muscles can coordinate with your transverse abdominis. Um, If women cannot find their transverse abdominis, maybe you had a C-section, maybe you had appendicitis and had surgery. Maybe you had some women might have tummy tucks. Uh, Maybe you had a diastasis recti surgery that fixed it, right? Those can affect what your muscles are doing. So the very, very first thing is can you just lie down or sit and pelvic floor muscles and your transverse abdominus? And then things like bridges, bridges on a ball, planks, um, you know, crunches are a little bit harder with that, um, side, side planks, anything like that. Yes. We go through that progression. Here's the key. And then you take it functional. Then you use it with your deadlifts. Then you use it with your lunges and your squats, et cetera. Right. Or, or if you're, if you like to lift weights, you know, lat pulls, what have you, however you do that, you're incorporating it to what you're doing. That's, that is the, for me, the key. Does that make sense? So
0: it makes total sense. And I, and I want to, I want to segue in because all of this is so great. And I've had so many people as, as we have talked about on the show, say if they had 12 pelvic floor specialists, they could keep them busy all day. Like the, it's actually kind of hard to access this kind of care for a lot of women. I want to be, I want to be sensitive to that. You know, and I know, you know, that you have a guidebook of like how, you know, we can talk a bit about that, like where, if that's some place that a woman can at least get started, you know, that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. um, So I just, I wrote, I actually wrote this specifically for your listeners. So six steps to heal your pelvic floor is what I named it. And it just starts, it gives you six steps to get going on it. We go how, you know, how to find your kegel, how to mm-hmm. unkaggle? How to Zen pee, emptying your bladder? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my little thing. Um, oh gosh! And then we how hormones affect your pelvic floor, your love life, and um, your leaky bladder. And then I did one more. What? How come I can't remember this? Oh, Celine, this stuff. That's
0: okay. It's that time of life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. There goes my estrogen. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but there's one more uh, technique, and yeah, they can find that. Real quick, what what I started doing? Um, okay, and Sheree, she's one of my, she's the first woman who ever took my online program. She was coming to see me in the clinic, and she just looked at me and she said, "Oh my gosh, Amy, I love seeing you, but I I don't want to do this anymore. I I can't come into this. I'm too busy. I can't come into my appointments. I just can't do it." And I had just started transitioning to online programs and coaching, and I said, "Hey, do you want to try this?" And she has a plethora of Issues from when she was born. Um, so her pelvic floor has a lot of things going on in bladder and bowel. So it was very complex. And she said, and she she said, Yeah, let me do it. I totally want to do it. And so she took the whole coaching program and she loved it because she could stay at home. And um, this was two or three years ago, and she and I still stay in touch. Um, and with COVID, she also has an autoimmune issue Mm -hmm. and she can't, she couldn't get out, she couldn't do that. So she still we still do online coaching. For her pelvic floor issues, so the guide can get women started on like how do you find your Kegel, how do you unKegel, how do you pee, um, and then the coaching program allows people to have access to if they want to contact me, right. they can contact me,
0: and we can and, put those in the show notes for people. The six yeah. steps to heal your pelvic floor and, and yep. access to
1: yeah, well, to and this is floor. this is the thing it it still is pretty limited. Um, pelvic health, physical therapy, coaching, it's a limited resource still. And a lot of physicians still won't even refer to it. And, and, and they don't even know what we do, um, or what can be done for women or, you know, uh, if you have a baby, they, they delivered your baby, they gave you your eight pound bundle and they sent you home. And meanwhile, you may have 40 stitches down there. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Um, and then they tell you, you can have sex at six weeks and you're fine. And women are like, oh my gosh, what is going on? You know? So, so I just, I have to tell you, it makes me teared up. I mean, this is my passion. This is what I have dedicated my life to, because we have to talk one woman to one woman. So you talking about this and, and sharing it with your listeners and educating other women, this is how we're going to help each other. This is how we're going to help the foundation. I look at our public floor is really the foundation because it's it's. I don't want know if I want to use this word, but it's a, it's a sacred area for women, right? That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's very important, um, obviously, in our intimate relationships, sexual activity, intimacy, um, one way, and then just all the other functions of being able to have good bowel and bladder habits. So I can continue to go and work out. I, I can continue to, um, I I love the name of your podcast hit play and not pause when I'm going through menopause and I start leaking or start having pain, or I'm wondering what's going on because if not, what happens? We start to sort of shrink into ourselves. We lose contact with people we get unhealthy because we're not exercising, you know, mental health that will affect our mental health. And so pelvic health to me is just at the forefront of a health for women for many, many things. Because if we start losing that foundation, we start losing a lot of other things, social connections. We don't want to go out to dinner with people. We can't jump on the tramp with our kids. We can't do our triathlon. What have you? Does that... So that's, I mean, and of course you can tell this is my passion. So I'm like, oh, this is the most important thing, but it really is um, essential to women's health in my opinion.
0: Well, that's our show. Join me next week when I sit down with Dr. Karen Langone, president of the American Association for Women Podiatrists, where we talk all things foot health. I've been wanting to do a show on this topic for a while now, and this does not disappoint. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active performance minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Media. Follow us on social media at feistymenopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at feistymenopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty.